Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the head of the abuse team at Hugh James. And welcome to this latest podcast. With me, I have my colleague, Felina Grovner. Hi, Felina. Hi, Alan. So in this podcast, we are going to discuss the Domestic Abuse Act of 2021. And it was your suggestion, Felina, that we discuss the act. So I thought, well, let's kick off with you giving us an introduction. Why have we got a Domestic Abuse Act in 2021? Thank you, Alan. So this is something we actually touched upon on a previous podcast as one of the important measures that it's bringing in is a specific offence of non-fatal strangulation. And that's one of many different changes um, and new measures that the Act brings in that unfortunately we're really missing in this area of law. One of the most monumental parts of it is that it actually defines domestic abuse formally that's never really been done before. So it's just really a large piece of legislation that a lot of different bodies and individuals have campaigned for for some time. Okay, so let's break this down a bit. Okay, so I'm sure all of our listeners listening to you would say, well, yeah, we know what domestic abuse is. Why do we need to define it? Why do we need an act of parliament to define domestic abuse? Yes, I agree. Well, I think it's it's obviously something that most of us, as you say, would would understand. You know, it's something that's physically or sexually abusive or threatening. But something that's really come to light more in recent years is controlling and coercive behaviour. And so that's part of, of the Act's definition that's been added and also economic abuse. So it's really more, it's wider um, and more encompassing of, of all what domestic abuse can be. Maybe it's a way of bringing us up to speed in 2021, because like you say, you know, we're becoming increasingly familiar, aren't we, with controlling or coercive behaviour. And that was probably a set of terms that maybe 10, 15 years ago would not have been on our radar. Exactly. And economic abuse as well, tied in with controlling coercive behaviour, that would include things, you know, such as the use of technology and online banking and where partners control the accounts of, of their partners or perhaps a Facebook account. So it encompasses more modern domestic abuse issues, absolutely. And of course, in a, I'm thinking, as you're mentioning this, I did a podcast a little while back with Professor John Williams from Aberystwyth University, and he was talking about abuse of the elderly. So abuse of the elderly, we think, well, maybe, you know, violence, heaven forbid. But of course, to get these cases where, sadly, there's economic abuse. So the pension is taken off the elderly person. You know, it could be a situation where, you know, some daughter takes mum's pension. So yeah, you know, it's 
more encompassing and looking at this definition it says doesn't it behavior of a person a towards another person b is domestic abuse if a and b are each age 16 or over and are personally connected to each other so it's not necessarily husband and wife or partners it could be different sort of relationship it could be parent and child it could be siblings it's mm. more encompassing isn't it and then goes on to say and the behavior is abusive behavior is abusive if it consists of any of the following physical or sexual abuse violent or threatening behavior controlling or coercive behavior as you've mentioned economic abuse psychological emotional or other abuse and it does not matter whether the behavior consists of a single incident or a course of conduct I think that last line is quite poignant as well, that it could be a course of conduct or not. And I think, um, especially in relation to all of those, really, could be on one occasion. You know, I think often people may think that domestic abuse is something, as you said, is husband and wife commonly, and is, you know, consistent, not just one single incident. And of course, you know, it's looking back over time, it's not all that long ago when a blind eye used to be turned to this kind of behavior. And, you know, what went on behind closed doors was considered not to be anybody else's business. And there used to be this sort of refrain, don't scream too loudly when I hit you, otherwise you might disturb the neighbors. You know, it's those sorts of days are not all that far gone. So, yes, it's interesting. Something that the Act does well, we've, we've briefly touched upon coercive behaviour. And as we mentioned in a previous podcast, non-faithful strangulation, it's, as you said, sort of the don't talk about it and, you know, these things don't come up. But it's addressing, you know, non-faithful strangulation does sometimes relate to, you know, personal intimate preferences in the bedroom. And it's it's good to see laws actually acknowledging these things that have previously been more taboo and, and less dealt with when they should have been. This act also extends what's commonly called the revenge porn offence. So this now covers the threat to disclose intimate images with the intention to cause distress. And I think that's a very modern issue. Indeed. And touching upon the area of work that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, I see there's reference to abusers no longer being allowed to directly cross-examine their victims. That's something that a lot of people have been very positive about in relation to this act, particularly in, in family proceedings, not just the civil work that we do. And that ties in with recent changes to the civil procedure rules. Civil procedure rules are the rules that govern the way civil cases are conducted in the courts. So the civil procedure rules provide lots of rules and regulations and guidance as to how cases are to be conducted and pursued and they are in many ways a sort of bible for lawyers conducting cases you know you have to be very familiar with the civil procedure rules if you're going to run a case and there's been an amendment recently which gives the courts greater leeway and power to ensure that victims are treated fairly in the civil process so that's very important you know special measures for victims in the criminal case in criminal cases been with us for some time and now we're seeing that evolving into the civil arena so that is so we've got that and of course if abusers are no longer going to be allowed to directly cross-examine their victims in family and civil courts that has to be very welcome and dovetails with the recent procedural changes yeah yeah no this definitely has more in relation to special measures as well as you touched upon good 
Okay, what else do we need to talk about with this act? What would our podcast listeners like to hear more about? I think really, you know, the final thoughts, I would think, is just that it's very positive. I'm sure there are still elements of of this area of law that may still need some assistance. But from what I've read online, I think it's all very positive. And unfortunately, there was a delay in all of this coming to pass, you know, obviously with with COVID and, and other issues. So it's just nice to take a positive away that, you know, we ourselves as civil lawyers can tell our clients about if they are going through family proceedings or or other domestic violence issues. Well, thank you for suggesting this is a topic for this podcast, Felina. Much appreciated. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for tuning in as always. If you have any questions or concerns in relation to this podcast or any of our podcasts, then please do get in touch. If you have a suggestion for a future podcast, then please get in touch with us. So thank you for tuning in. As always, thank you very much. Thanks, Delina, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.